This is Agatha Brewer, and you're listening to the Intentional Solopreneur Podcast, the show about how to launch and grow a successful service-based business. In each episode, I show you how to build a business on purpose, one that lights you up, keeps you inspired, and helps you make a bigger impact on the world. I share both marketing strategy and my best mindset tips to help you get the clarity and confidence you need to succeed as a new business owner. Hi there, everyone. This is Agatha Brewer, and you're listening to The Intentional Solopreneur. I'm so excited to be joined by Tatiana Villarea today. Tatiana is a hypnotherapy specialist and inner success coach for purpose-driven entrepreneurs. She uses her 10-plus years of experience working with emotional healing and trauma to help entrepreneurs overcome business blocks that keep them from making the impact and income they deeply desire. She developed a proprietary method that combines subconscious work with reprogramming body memory and its habitual neurological patterning to release recurring emotional and mental triggers, fears and doubts, addressing body, emotions, and mind holistically. Welcome, Tatiana. Uh, hi, Anne. Thank you for having me. Hi, everybody. Thanks for being here. So in today's episode, I thought we'd talk about how sometimes the blocks new business owners feel can't really be worked through with just mindset work alone. And it takes a more trauma-oriented approach and specific healing modalities to release them. And we'll share a few warning signs to look out for to know if this is something that's happening for you so you can get the help you need. So before we jump into the topic for today, I'd love to hear more about your story and what inspired you to create your business in the first place. Well, I am um, one of those people who believe that everything that we go through uh, leads to this greater purpose. And if we are given the purpose, we are giving this destination to this purpose. So if I'm to say how I started my business, how this journey started, I will have to go all the way back to being a new immigrant, coming to America with $350 in my pocket and my baggage. And my baggage, what I usually joke about, but it wasn't funny in those times back then, my uh, baggage was literally emotional. And uh, a couple of years, um, literally like a little over two years later, um, I was diagnosed with one of those scary things and, um, you know, the, the C word and uh, had to rush to have an emergency surgery. And um, after the surgery, and not only the, the very thing that the doctors were trying to take care of was not um, over with. Basically, I was told to live in fear for the rest of my life and go for checkups annually and live in fear. Uh, I also had a medical injury from surgery. And why I'm speaking about this is because I am a hypnotherapist and I discovered hypnotherapy through this journey. So when I discovered hypnotherapy, and I've tried everything under the stars, at that time, I, I've been a meditator and a, I've been doing yoga since age 17. So after I came to the States, I got into the speed of fear and survival, right, as a new immigrant, um, no help, no money, no nothing. And that survival and everything triggered, well, what I believe, right, in my belief system that a lot of our diseases are psychosomatic, emotion-based, or trauma-based. That's what we're going to talk about. It's not just the business blocks. And basically, I um, realized that living in fear is not going to solve the problem. So I started looking for all possible ways. And uh, I also had to heal the neurological damage that was caused by the surgery. And that's how I discovered hypnotherapy. Um, I never knew about hypnosis before. I was just mind blown um, about the fact that my, literally my body was rewired and the neurological damage was undone. And of course I wanted to share it with the world and I wanted to help all women. And I wanted to bring this out into the world, but little did I know that as soon as I started my business, all the same um, trauma-based and emotional wounding, and in my case, childhood um, blocks and traumas and all these things were affecting my business now. 
So I kind of didn't have a choice. And I did what I knew how to do best. I improvised and used exactly the same methods I that I used to heal my body to heal and um, save basically my business because I almost gave up and that was $15,000 in debt. Um, so that's a short story. And I know I kind of started on a very different note, not the business, but it directly relates to what I'm doing right now and how I'm dealing with the business blocks for my for myself, how I've done it for myself and how I do it for my clients right now. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. And I actually kind of resonate with that as well, because I had my own healing journey that I went through. I dealt with some of my own trauma in from the past and yeah, definitely. Once you heal it on that side, it, it can still come up in your business and it just kind of transforms to something else a little bit. But I think it's still tied to maybe some of those same blocks that, that you started with. And it's just like being a business owner, you have to like transform <laughs> or at least that's been my journey. And I must I'm sure that it's the journey for a lot of people who weren't entrepreneurs before and, and you know, they're moving into that. Um, so I know you have like an interesting philosophy on how mental blocks are created in the first place. So can you tell my listeners a little bit more about this? Yeah, of course. My pleasure. Cause it's one of my favorite subjects. So, um, there is a general knowledge, right? That what we believe, um, well, it bec it's becoming general knowledge that that's self-fulfilling prophecy, right? What we believe manifests in our life, in our business, in our personal life, in everything. And especially in relationships and business is built on relationships as well. Uh, so the mindset piece, there is a general knowledge about um, that we have our blocks that are based in how we were raised, conditioned, right? Uh, but sometimes um, when we, especially as entrepreneurs, we are a special you know, kind of category of people. We are the people, especially those of us who are high achievers and type A's and driven by purpose. And we want to make this, these are kind of my clients. Uh, I'm, I don't know if you can relate, but we want to make this world a better place. And um, it's often driven by the fact that we didn't quite fit in, in our families, in our schools, in the society, in the system. And it's oftentimes also um, the, the, the personalities, the character, that, that those, all of those passions are oftentimes driven by some of those wounds and relationship wounds particularly, and not fitting in and not belonging. So I look at some of those, and of course, making a difference with that is amazing. But a lot of entrepreneurs are told to... Um, believe differently, believe positively, think positive thoughts and deal with their business to create business success with strategy and mindset. And I would like to contribute to your audience and invite um, your audience to consider that some of those wounds and traumas, especially relationship wounds that we have gone through and those may be um, uh, being bullied at school, going through different childhood trauma and difficult diverse experiences in our early life, formative years especially. These are the pieces that create the mindset blocks. But most people would look at it because our psychology and medical field and all those fields were built on the patriarchal structures where men created all of those fields and they believe that it's the brain first approach that is needed to heal it. So I know my long answer to this question would be, I um, have discovered through this process of dealing with my body, uh, the health issues, right? And then emotional, that it is so much more about our body and our body, what the body remembers from those experiences and the habitual, um, neurocircuitry that we are running and have been running for so many years that only dealing with those um, with that body memory that's what I call the body memory the neurocircuitry the habitual pathways that are stored in the body and the brain and of course the fear centers and amygdala uh, this is why it's um, 
dealing with it with the mind first or mind only approach without releasing the deeper neurocircuitry and emotional wounds that hold it. This is why we are uh, struggling with all the business blocks and the imposter and the fears and the visibility and anxiety and all of that and the money blocks for years and years and years. And we go from coach to coach to coach, but it's repeating all over again. And this is how I got in debt. I went from coach to coach to coach, trying the brain first approaches. And uh, I know a lot of people who are in the same boat or were in the same boat. So I would love to expand on this topic with you today for your audience. Yeah, yeah. And I connect with that too, because part of that like program that I did to heal my body, my chronic illness was basically reprogramming my mind in certain ways and, you know, listening to my thoughts and what I was telling myself and doing lots of different exercises to basically recreate my narrative and, and recreate what I was telling myself and, and things like that. And then there was also some other things that I did to release the trauma itself, you know, um, in my body. So you, you mentioned this term body memory. Can you talk a little bit more about that and what that means? Um, so it's that, what I just mentioned, it's that neurological uh, neurocircuitry and um, our emotions and thoughts, right, are, are, they coexist and the emotions are chemicals. Mm-hmm. So it directly affects our bodies, our neurochemistry and neurobiology of our body. But how it's done, in addition to the chemicals and the, the strong emotional roller coasters, so familiar, right? to all of us entrepreneurs frequently experience and know how we um, define ourselves by them oftentimes and creates um, long-term blocks, of course. So it also runs on the neural pathways in the body because the body keeps the memory of those events, the conditioning and different adverse experiences of that past And this is where healing and transforming our mental blocks is becomes so much easier if we do it not from the top down approach from the brain, only from the brain or primarily from the brain, um, but do it, but rather do it from the bottom up. So working with releasing the emotions and the, the wounding and the body neural pathways, the everything that keeps the loops, the habitual um, negative, right? Habitual loops. Mm-hmm. So all those uh, judge duties in our brain uh, that tell, tell us about, mm-hmm. uh, oh, you're not, who are you to do this? And all the beliefs about money and all the glass ceilings and uh, money dynamics and the leaky buckets, everything that's talked about in the entrepreneurship and the business industry my invitation is to look at them as so much deeper than just the brain and the beliefs. And this is what I see oftentimes in my own story, right? Why I had to improvise and create my modality is because I literally got in $15,000 in debt because I was trying to go and mindset work is important, Mm -hmm. right? Mindset work is important because our life is what we believe. But how we work on the mindset is what's um, also important. And the patriarchal world, unfortunately, made us believe that it's uh, through the brain only, changing the beliefs only. But how many people do we know um, who are trying to, you know, um, make your clients, perhaps, I know all my clients, we know what we should believe, right? We know everything we should be thinking and believing, but deep inside, for example, with um, uh, imposter and visibility fears, right? We can talk, those, those are the big ones. Um, if, you, if we know that we already tried all the mindset uh, things that are out there and we've tried to meditate and manifest and journal and, believe and repeat affirmations on repeat, literally, all day long. And if we tried all the marketing and business strategies, and that haven't taken care and haven't solved the blocks that we experience. If our reality is not changing in our business and our income and going and growing and scaling, right? That means there are deeper rooted, um, deeply rooted and deeply seated causes 
And this is where I talk about the effects of emotional wounds and trauma behind them. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense because I mean, even myself, I've experienced like I know all the mindset work, I know all the stuff to, that you can do, and the journaling and the affirmations and everything. But sometimes, like if you keep doing that and nothing's changing, then clearly there's something else going on that's that's deeper, you know. And it takes somebody like you to actually like unravel that you know, at a deeper level. Um, so knowing all of this background information, let's kind of dive into some topics that I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with, and you've already mentioned it. So the fear of being visible. So I know a lot of entrepreneurs, especially newer entrepreneurs, um, they struggle with this. So what's your take on it? Mm -hmm. Well, amazing question. Thank you so much. Another another one of those favorite topics because it's actually my own personal journey and a lot of the clients uh, that I attract right now because we attract the same people um, who are struggling with what we've gone through and because we have the solution now, having solved it, not just diploma on the wall, but actually we walked the path, we know the path, we breathed it, we survived it. Now we should want to share it with the world, right? Mm -hmm. So fear of visibility was my own, one of my, I would say the biggest fear for me, for my, myself. And this is how I started the very journey of, of what do I do and how do I improvise? What do I, how do I use what I've learned for over 10 years for, to heal myself like health wise and the emotional uh, wounds and mm, the mother wounds, the father wounds and all the relationship stuff, right? The core relationship pieces that all our identity is built on right how do I apply it now and that was all intuitive and back then I didn't know that uh, all the leading trauma experts right now are talking about trauma living in the body and needing to deal with it uh, on this neurological level I didn't know any of that that was my own process of trial and error literally trying to survive and make my business uh, not give up on my dreams because I almost did I almost went back to my old job and um, so coming back to the fear of visibility I literally could not turn on the camera even to record myself let alone being interviewed um, on podcasts and radio and reaching out but it's very important to note here that the fear of visibility is not just fear of public speaking or camera. And a lot of mindset coaches are trained to tell their clients, and this is what we've been told by the patriarchal system, that we need to practice and push through and just push through the fear and do it scared and do it anyways. But I have realized that if we do that, first of all, it's not a kind way to work with it for the body and we fry the nervous system this is literally my story i was i would have a panic attack like an anxiety attack on if i were to go on camera i couldn't breathe i felt like dying and it, nothing was helping no amount of mindset work can resolve it if and this is maybe uh, one of the biggest pieces a lot of times our fear of visibility which is again not just fear of public speaking and camera if we push through it if we make ourselves go through and just push through and we go and kind of survive and we're still not comfortable but we are doing it these fears will still show up later when we scale our business and it's the fear that will show up at every corner at every uh, money um, up leveling leadership scaling so this fear does not disappear and the reason it's not it doesn't disappear is because for a lot of us, it's connected to some type of trauma. For a lot of women, and I work mostly with women, it's connected to some type of violation. Um, for a lot of women, it's sexual trauma. It can be authoritarian parents and abuse in childhood. It can be other literally life-threatening events. And this is all lives. This all lives in our nervous system. Mm -hmm. It creates the shock. The neurological pathways are all they running. We rehearse them really well over the years. And so if we just try to push through or believe differently, not only we fry our nervous system, and let's say we do push through and a lot of women are told to do it and they are kind of desperate because they want to make their business happen and they do it. So yes, it's 
possible to do it, but it's not the kinder way. It then can set us back in a lot of ways with burnout and stress and all that pushing goes back and reflects in our health, in our relationship. But even more so as an entrepreneur, you might notice that it comes out later still when you need to publish that book and you're avoiding it when you are about to go on a podcast and the whole thing starts all over again when you become more visible or maybe the fear of claiming your expertise and charging higher fees so it's same fear we can avoid it we can kind of like bypass it but it doesn't go anywhere and it lives in the body and it's if it's trauma-based it's not going to just disappear. And this is where all those tools of body release and neuro-emotional release comes into play and unnecessary critically. I wouldn't be talking to you here if I did not uh, walk this stuff myself. And now I do the same for many, many, many women because it's a very um, common fear. So to follow up to, to your response, so... I mean, I understand this as like the limbic system and basically your nervous system holding on to memories of, of trauma or of things that you've experienced. Is that correct to say? Is that? Well, it's the, uh, if, um, if it's caused by a life-threatening event, yes, of course, it, it, it ties directly. It's all based on those fear centers in the brain and the limbic brain and the amygdala and some uh, and, and a shock basically that that was um the shock that it caused whatever that event was especially if it's a negative styles of parenting and, and authoritarian styles of parenting why it's so important I literally have so many women I work with who have very negative in that sense, authoritarian um, style of parenting. And it breaks our boundary and our autonomy and safety is never, the, the child never feels safe. And what's even more important, it's a long-term critical thing, right? It's not something that happens once, twice. It's a long-term, like childhood long um, and all the way into the adulthood because your relationships with your parents are kind of forever and they also they don't just disappear even if we just run away across the you know globe and try to run away that was my case no we can't really we take ourselves with us you know no matter where we go and it all lives in, in in the body and it needs to be addressed both on the level of the body the subconscious mind this is why i do it all in hypnotherapy state in hypnosis state and so it's conscious mind, of course, but it's important. It's valid. It's very important to have a coach. It's a very important thing to work on our mindset all the time. But if you, your audience, your listeners, um, if any of you know in your hearts of hearts that you've been through a lot, and I work with women who've been through a lot, I'm sure you encountered it a lot too, Agatha, right? Yeah. So as those on, now entrepreneurs, as women who are passionate about changing the world for a reason, and we don't fit in this broken system and we want to make a difference, it's our, it's our duty to help ourselves, ourselves first, like kind of like putting that oxygen mask on first on the airplane. And from that space, it's a completely different business. It's a complete, we are no longer fighting and avoiding and trying to learn all those new strategies, thinking that the strategy is what we're missing. But when, what we're oftentimes missing is what, whatever those emotional wounds and traumas that are creating those blocks, literally. And then we try to do all the busy work and spin the wheels, but still hit that wall. Because my, cl my clients literally tell me, like most of the times, I feel like I'm hitting a wall. I call it fighting with a windmill. Guess who's going to win, right? <laughs> so we can fight and we can push through. And that's where all the hustling and all the push, pushing through. And I'm going to, I don't know, just go through it. That's where it all comes from. But we can do it differently we can address the root causes and then if there is no more fear of visibility there's no more fear of visibility there will be fear but there will be freedom to express yourself as your true self 
without looking back and thinking what people are thinking, without the perfectionism and all these things. You just you just bring your purpose and through you into this world. It's freedom. It's that freedom, emotional and mental freedom that everybody wants so much. Yeah, I can imagine that that I don't know if I'm quite there yet, but <laughs> I'm working towards that and um I'm sure as an entrepreneur, especially because you have to be visible, you have to put yourself out there. If you don't have any blocks anymore, then that must feel like nirvana almost, like complete freedom because yeah. you're just you and that's it, you know, that's all you have to be. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. And you are right on point there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Another topic that I think is, you know, related to the fear of being visible is imposter syndrome, which you've also mentioned as well. Oh, yeah. They go side by side. And so you've kind of mentioned this a little bit. So, you know, I'd love to hear, you know, why you think so many entrepreneurs deal with this and even more established business owners. And what's the missing piece in all of this? And before I answer, uh, I would say, you know, the general consensus on this topic, the consensus on this topic is in order to not be, feel like entrepreneurs, uh, like imposters, in order to not feel like imposters, we have to think not like imposters. But nobody has achieved that yet because we have, um, I always mention it, that famous imposter syndrome talk, the um, Australian entrepreneur, amazing, humble guys standing on stage. He's a billionaire and he's saying, and all famous people all admit they all struggle with it, have struggled with it. And it's a chronic lifelong issue. Statistics say 70% of people experience that. I think if we do it longitudinally, I think we all do. If we literally studied the whole lifespan of the person, right? So it's a chronic lifelong issue. Nobody knows a solution, and there are basically only coping strategies if we look at it from the perspective of uh, um, psychology or mindset work, right? And uh, so we have not nailed it. And again, my same invitation, what if we're looking at it differently? Um, so there is, um, so the researchers who study the topic work with, um, especially with the entrepreneurs, because it hits us and, and also professionals, right? In, in careers, career growth, it all comes out in academia. Uh, when we look at it as a mind and thinking issue alone, it takes us away from the fact that what is imposter syndrome, right? It's an inability to own our credential, our expertise. We feel that who are we to have achieved all that? Despite all the achievements, that's why all the billionaires, millionaires still have it. It doesn't go away no matter what your credentials are. So it's not a credential thing, right? And no matter who you are and what you've done. So my approach to the imposter syndrome is completely different. And yes, it's of course connected to the body memory and I apply it to any blocks I work with my clients on. But I think what we are missing about the imposter syndrome is that we literally, that inability to own our worth and credential and expertise and our value basically means we have trouble having that sovereignty and authority in being self-defined because evolutionary, um, on the evolution scale, we developed literally to fit in. And if we don't take into consideration that we are not uh, just individuals living in a vacuum, but it's a collective experience, right? We are collective creatures. We developed and evolved to fit in. That means that we cannot treat the imposter syndrome as just the symptom on the surface. And we have to look deeper into the, um, that self-definition or lack of it by the person. And for that, we cannot not look at transgenerational programming, intergenerational, right, from our families and their families, the copy-pasted belief systems and role model behaviors. And we also, so we um, carry not just, we also have the genes 
of the people who raised us and believe a certain way. Mm -hmm. So let me explain it in a more digestible way. If we are not existing in vacuum and we are affected by other people's opinions, and this is why we feel like fraud, we need to work on our identity and being self-defined and self-determined. And we can tackle this issue without taking into consideration transgenerational programming and imprinting from our family and the families before, well, all the generations who conditioned our parents, grandparents, and therefore us. And we got it with role modeling. And we literally carried the genes epigenetically, speaking of emotions, emotion signals the genes. So we are the product of those people. And we have the emotional and relationship wounds with those people. And unless we tackle it from this perspective, we will forever go from mindset coach to mindset coach and only scratching the surface when we really need to go deep and work on the very identity of the person and unhook the wounds and the pain so the person can just say, I'm me and I don't care what other people think. And I know I'm on a mission here. Again, back to the same thing, that the freedom that comes with it, that we are not um, measuring our worth and value by what other people think of us. We are self-defined and self-determined. That's deep. <laughs> that, and that's, that's heavy too. You know, like when you were talking about the generational stuff, like I'm Polish, my, my family history I mean, I don't know a, a whole lot about it, but I know that my parents grew up in communism, you know, and that's and so a kind of way of being, you know, that was, and they escaped eventually and came, or they say escaped, you know, they left and came to America, you know, but that stuff doesn't really go away unless you work to to make it go away and that mentality. And then, you know, I'm also an immigrant, you know, so there's a certain mentality that goes with that, that you have to, you know, actively change if, if it's a negative thing, you know, so. Right on point there. That's why I said I tried to run away across the globe. <laughs> That's exactly why I said it. But you take it with you. It lives in us. But the problems are still there. It's still in, and yeah, in, in coaching, like terminology, it's, uh, you were talking about, um, it's called the inner community. So like the people in your life, the relationships, yeah. The integral, uh, yeah, key pieces of the family systems, and yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's not even just like your own thoughts or negative thoughts. Usually, you know, is what we like pay attention to. But it's also like the negative thoughts or positive thoughts of your family or the people that you know or you know role models in your life. So, yeah, it's definitely interesting. Mm -hmm. And I'll just mention that's where again the body memory plays in and. Uh, gets in there and this is why it's so hard to just work on the mental level uh, the emotions of the people who raised us all live in us in the genes that are signal so in my sessions with clients when we work on transgenerational uh, imprinting and particularly trauma they experience the wounding of the people they don't even know so we can heal it, obviously, so we can unhook. That's why I developed the method that I developed because I don't know how not to go that deep because otherwise, no matter what we do, we're just scratching the surface mm -hmm. and it repeats all over and over and over again. Yeah. But it's the body memory through the emotions that signal the gene and we are the products, the, the genome, it all lives in us with the same emotions. Mm -hmm that we don't, we don't even know those grandmothers and fathers like um, you were talking about uh, soviet uh, like soviet times and communism i my my background is also from there and i didn't know that the second world war and the fact that my grandparents both grandma and grandpa were in the war i didn't know it was affecting my business until i discovered it was affecting my business yeah that's crazy the fear of visibility if you think about safety and the war, and if we go deep, no wonder I had fear of visibility. Mm -hmm. It's literally, it's dangerous to stick out and be different. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And it all lived in me and, and, and yeah, mm -hmm. until it was addressed. Interesting. So thank you so much for that comment.
So you've touched on this a little bit already, but do you think if you've already dealt with the imposter syndrome at one level in your business, do you think it'll come back later on when you're doing scarier and bigger things, when you're pushing yourself more and expanding your comfort zone? Very important and deep question again. And I oftentimes in my videos and overall say that I believe the imposter syndrome can be dealt with and overcome if we do deal with the deeper psyche structures and our identity and being self-defined, everything that we just talked about and so much more. Um, however, it's important not to confuse imposter syndrome, which is all about anxiety and perfectionism and the, the fear of visibility and thinking, who am I to, right? It's important not to confuse it with natural human response of fear of doing scarier, bigger things. Will it always be scary to do new, bigger, different things? Yes, it will always feel scary. And we might even, because imposter is what, it's uh, self-doubt on steroids, right? So we, will, we might self-doubt because when we're doing something different and um, like something that we don't have the credentials and the knowledge for, it's only natural to know that I'm not an expert yet and whatever we need to learn, we will learn. So from that point, um, the um, self-doubt will creep in and come back because we are hopefully when we transform our old problems we now have uh, more interesting bigger problems and new goals and we are you know that's the journey of evolution so of course we're going to be doing things that we are not comfortable with we will be scared and it's very important not to confuse natural like animal response kind of fear and being let's say scaling the business and being more visible and reaching out for that bigger leadership role and I don't know making more money just physically the body has to adjust energetically to the bigger money that we are making and for a lot of um, women it's a struggle in itself another of the business blocks right so having the doubts and the fears is part of the game but again the, that feeling of not being self-defined and valuing ourselves on somebody else's, uh, I don't know, according to somebody else's measuring stick, this is what I believe goes away if we go deep, if we really, really work on it. And is it easy? No. Otherwise, all people will have done it by now. We would be all millionaires and in nirvana. But is it achievable? Yes. So the self-doubt will come back because it's a different level or something else or maybe it's another wound that's going to come out mm. if it's another wound and the process of evolution is a spiral and we kind of just spiral all around and new things come up yeah it will come up because it's a different thing to work through so that's my that's my take on it i know it's not a very popular opinion perhaps mm -hmm. No, but I like it because, I mean, it kind of takes the pressure off a little bit, you know, like we, if we know, if we normalize the, that we will still feel fear, we'll still be a little doubtful and that's okay. You know, as long as it's not that other deeper block, you know, there's, you're, you're still going to feel it. And I, I kind of agree with that because I mean, I've, I've looked at kind of role models in business or, um, people who have had a lot of success and yeah, they still deal with, some doubt, you know, when they go on stage or when they do something big in their business or when they scale, you know, so it makes sense that it, it sticks around in certain ways, but it's not necessarily the imposter syndrome anymore. Mm -hmm. So, for example, uh, when um, our clients reach the point where they don't question their expertise and worth, but now let's say when the client is standing on stage, she might self-doubt in terms of Am I a good public speaker? Is it a new skill that I need to master? But let's say that client is no longer doubting how much she should be charging for her work because she knows her value and the transformation she creates, and that is no longer a doubt. So she doesn't question her expertise, the current expertise. She knows that her worth comes from within, not outside, not externally. She's solid in her identity. She's that unstoppable force now. And yeah, 
she bumps into a new type of thing that she needs to master. And that's a completely different animal. Yes. So thank you. Yeah. 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 And I think also even for newer entrepreneurs, people who haven't yet gone on stage, like they, I think in the beginning of entrepreneurship in that journey, like you're constantly expanding your comfort zone, unless you've been somebody who's super outgoing and has been on camera and done all those things, you know, in your life beforehand. And so it's like one thing after the other where you're, you're having to have these like little mini transformations and move through those things. And it's just like, you're expanding your comfort zone and, and going through all of that. So it it just kind of helps to understand that, you know, this is really, it's not about imposter syndrome, maybe in, in the beginning, it's about you're trying to basically learn new things and get that experience and, and move through that and, and keep growing as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. As long as we are not questioning our worth, and it doesn't become that self sabotage when we wouldn't allow ourselves to charge more to go for the bigger dreams. Yes, entrepreneurship in itself is just wearing too many hats all at the same time and juggling a lot of <laughs> balls all at the same time and they fall and that's okay. Yeah. And another thing you said that I also agree with is like, especially for for people who haven't charged a lot for their services and they're just getting started, like they sometimes make the mistake of putting their own self-worth into their packages or their programs or whatever they're trying to sell. And it's, they're totally different things. Like, you know, if you have a failure in your business, that doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means something didn't work out in your business and you need to figure it out or, or pivot or whatever. And a lot of people like people that I've worked with, they're, they're still kind of tying their own self-worth and their image and their identity with whatever they're doing in their business. And it, it's hard to kind of, cut that cord and, and see them as two different things. And I think that's the very definition of the imposter syndrome. Yeah. And there comes the perfectionism, the I need to do it perfect. And that, that's why so many of us don't create that course or that program because it has to be perfect. So I actually think what you just described is the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because of tying in what we do with who we are on that value um, level, yeah, and worth and self-love. So for the people who are listening, who may be resonating a little bit with what you're saying or what we're talking about, do you think there's any signs that they should be aware of, you know, that there actually is some underlying trauma that they actually maybe should consider working with someone like you. Um, Are there any warning signs that they should look for? Of course. And everything we talked about, uh, where the, you know, the imposter and the visibility fear and everything, those are the signs. And in addition to it, the overall, because a lot of the traumas and wounds are um, very um, hidden. And we don't even, um, the reason I work in hypnotherapy, right, with hypnotherapy, therapy Um, we don't like my clients they don't know that the thing that they discover in a session with me that even made such a huge difference such a huge impact on their lives like in the session they would go back to a memory where from the grown-up brain perspective even like their parents might have not responded to their needs at the time but for the child um, it was traumatic so you never know from just logical perspective what events might have been traumatic, right? Um, and that's a thing in itself. Kind of just scrolling through our life, a lot of us would say we don't have trauma. But if there are certain signs, and the signs are, yes, the imposter, yes, the fear of visibility, especially. And overall, if um, um, we are using all the countless strategies and we have invested so much and we learned all the strategy and it's still we're still not reaching the people we want to reach we're still not reaching it to the level of impact we want to make if we still struggle especially if we still struggle with the doubts and the fear and the anxiety around being visible that means these are deeper patterns and this is how we can see it so in other words if you're doing everything strategy wise and you already tried and invested so much like I did, most of my clients will come to me 
we attract you know our ideal clients right so if you studied all that applied all that and your strategy is not fully landing because you're deep inside you know you're not fully you're not fully being yourself and putting yourself out there maybe you're using the strategy but you know how many women entrepreneurs and overall entrepreneurs are hiding behind strategy they hide behind the busy work because if they cut and cut it all down to the simplicity they can't afford that because otherwise that's where all the subconscious and body-based fears live if they don't distract themselves with strategy and going from coach to coach to coach, they will actually mean it will actually mean they will have to follow through. So if your strategy is not landing and what you have invested in and learned is not fully implemented, you know when we have it and we really we're honest with ourselves, we know it. So that means it's a sign that we need to um, look deeper and find those blocks. And of course, if there are money blocks and income ceilings, avoidance with any of whatever you are using in your business, if there is any avoidance, if there is any of that sabotage, I, okay, I make the money, but then I lose the money. I make the money, but then I lose my relationship. Or if there is any anxiety and especially fear, all of this lives in us, breathes in us, and it makes us repel the money and the clients energetically and also just behaviorally. We will sabotage. We will also sabotage things that we don't feel worthy of, coming back to the imposter and the childhood wounds and relationship wounds. We might manifest. That's why everybody's talking about manifesting. But it's one thing to manifest. I think we can all manifest things, but then we sabotage them very very thing that we wanted to manifest (laughs) and how do we sustain it how do we make it sustainable well the sustainable thing comes out of that deeper inner work and the transformation on the level of the body memory subconscious mind conscious mind those transgenerational uh, wounds and that self-defined identity that everything we've talked about um, up until now yeah that's super powerful. To me, it's basically like if somebody works with you or someone like you, it's like giving them a clean slate so that there's no more baggage so that they can actually do the things they want in their business without sabotaging themselves or, you know, moving backwards. So, yeah, it's really, really powerful. You just described my life purpose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> That's my intention. Because I've gone through so many of those blocks. I cannot tell you how many times that roller coaster of, oh my God, I'm dying, I'm going to fail, I'm in debt, I need to go back to a job. How much of it I struggled with, all the, all the shadows that come up. Because our business is a mirror of who we are. And if we do it the old patriarchal way, yeah, we just push through and hustle. But if we do it the feminine way, it's so much easier to address those roots, the causes, and then just breathe and just show up and do our thing. It's a very different way of doing business and having it as a personal growth and even spirituality growth uh, mirror, I would say. Hmm. That's fascinating. So we're wrapping up and I wanted to say thank you so much for your time today. I've absolutely loved learning more about your work and how important it is to address the underlying trauma in order to move through the blocks that come up in business. Thank you so so much for having me. It's been awesome. So as we wrap up, where can people connect with you? Because I, I can feel that a lot of people listening may want to do so. I post a lot on my uh, profiles and Facebook. I'm not on Instagram, so Facebook is my primarily um, outlet for this purpose. I have a page, uh, Tatiana Valeria Coaching and Hypnotherapy, and uh, I have a group for female entrepreneurs. Um, so, and of course, my website. You know, I would love to answer any questions, uh, any feedback, because again, this journey has been real. I have no illusions about that entrepreneurship is not for everybody, and we don't come to it with the same prerequisites. And in order to um, even out the playing field, 
right? And not compare ourselves to entrepreneurs who have not gone through the adverse life experiences that we have gone through. And in order to make it even and be able to go for all these big dreams and the impact we want to make and the money we want to make and live uh, awesome, juicy lives and being self-expressed. Um, so uh, that's the whole purpose. And uh my group for female entrepreneurs is so driven female entrepreneurs impact income growth um so you can find me there and uh, my facebook page super so i'll get those names and put them in the show notes so that people can find you and i wanted to thank you again it was such a pleasure talking with you today my pleasure too thank you All right, ladies, I hope you got some good nuggets of wisdom for our conversation today. Keep dreaming, keep serving, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Solopreneur. I hope you're getting some good information and some inspiration to help you grow your business. If you like what you've heard and you want the support of a business coach, come on over to agathabrewer.com and schedule a free consultation with me. In this call, we'll talk about your goals for your business and see if it makes sense for us to work together. My one-on-one coaching program is specifically built to help new entrepreneurs like you launch and grow a successful business. This program will help you get clarity on what you want to build, create a strategic plan of action, and identify and release any mindset blocks that are standing in your way. Because building a business shouldn't be so hard. And with my support, you'll reach your goals way faster than if you try to do it all alone. So I invite you to give yourself the gift of personalized support so you can build your dream business that allows you to live the life you want and make a bigger impact on the world.